You've got to admit this is a real arrogant hat I'm wearing here. You've got to admit that this is a real arrogant... Hey, you guys in there. Hey, hey. You've got to admit this is a real arrogant cap I'm wearing tonight. Oh, the cap does something for you, I'll tell you. Hello, 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 test. Oh, uh, by way of a disclaimer, and uh, certainly by way of warning, uh, tonight's show is liable to be somewhat revolting. So, uh, I just thought I'd warn you, probably gonna... There's a reason for it, of course. I'm one of the bad guys. Good morning. How are you, gang? Good morning. Listen, it's morning when I begin. My world begins, it is morning. Morning is a relative term. And by the way, how are your relatives? Is rotten as usual? Has it occurred to you that you are somebody else's relative? And he says, oh, you know how the relatives are. He's talking about you. I'm a rotten person. Of course, you know, don't, don't put the rotten guys down. Don't put the bad guys down. Because where would the good guys be if there weren't bad guys for them to be indignant about? No, this is important. This is a very important philosophical point. You know, you've always heard that old philosophical canard, you know, the old one about the if a tree falls in the forest where there's nobody to hear it, does it actually make a sound? Well, that's a good, you know, a good philosophical point. And uh, is a good guy a good guy if there are no bad guys around with which to compare him to? Is there such a thing as a good guy, one man living on an ice floe in Greenland somewhere in the Arctic Ocean? Is he a good guy? Without, you know, a concomitant bad guy? As a matter of fact, I don't know. Where would, uh, where would Abel have been without Cain? No place. In fact, it started right in the very beginning. So tonight, what do you say? We, uh, Tony, will you please, let's have a little good guy music. Let's salute the group. All right, let's salute. This very serious radio station now takes this opportunity as part of its vast, all-encompassing public service programming. It takes this opportunity to salute a group of people who are rarely saluted by any of the various mass media involved. Tonight, we take this opportunity... Bring it up, Tony, a little bit. Yes, we take this opportunity to salute good guys, wherever they might be, everywhere. And even more important than that, we want to salute that great, vast, usually unheralded minority, the bad guys. Where would Gary Cooper have been if he'd walked down that lonesome street in that little dusty town in the southwest without some guy in a black suit coming out of the silver dollar? Oh, we are the bad guys. We are rotten. We are crummy. All together. that thing pretty good tonight. We are... Oh, well, now, uh, I just... I don't want to upset you here, but uh, 
It's getting close to Christmas, and that means there's a lot of commercials on the radio. And uh, we've got a few of them out of the way right now, very quickly. Let's see. We've got a little thing here. For those of you that find time hanging heavily on your hands. And uh, let's see. It's about these games, the Ideal Mystery Series games. And these games include Sherlock Holmes, and that game is called Murder on the Orient Express. Fu Manchu, the hidden horde of the insidious doctor. And Ellery Queen, the case of the elusive assassin. And uh, let's see... uh, one thing about them, they're designed expressly for adults. I'm reading this. These are not kid games. They have taken several years to develop, and they are based exclusively on logic, which, as you know, all adults are well endowed with, certainly. There is no luck involved in the play of these games. These games can be played by two or more people, and some of the most fun games are played by two people, as you know. And so uh, we'd, uh, you can... Tony... What an awful thing to say. I'm talking about Parcheesi. I'm talking about Whist. I don't know what you're talking about, and I prefer not to know. Uh, we would like to say you can get these wonderful, fun games, the ideal games. <laughs> well, some games you're just going to have to scratch and look for yourself, but these you can get at Corvette. Sherlock Holmes. Fu Manchu. Ellery Queen. That's a nice little commercial. That was well done. Speaking of nice little commercials, how about getting a snootful? Hit that little button. Bring it on big, Dad. Bring it on big. Now, friends, Miller High Life is even more convenient. Let her sing it out. Sparkling. Yes, friends, now Miller High Life beer is even more convenient to pour and enjoy. If you're really, oh, you know, all uptight and you've got to get that can open real quick if it's an emergency, you can now have the new twist or lift bottle cap. You twist it off, lift it with a bottle, or it just opens up by itself. And that wonderful Miller High Life just pours out there, and Charlie will be able to... It's the same hearty, distinctive flavor, famous all over the world. The same sparkling quality that makes more people ask for the champagne and bottled beer. So, friends, if you're really uptight, you've got to get that bottle open real quick or it's trouble. Miller High Life, they got the new twist, the new lift bottle. Sparkling. Oh, what a winner living. That's uh, Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee. All right. Oh, yeah, speaking of good guys and bad guys, I just I hate to say this to you tonight. But uh, there's a lady who wrote to me a letter here, and she said, Shepard, this is terrible the way you've been maligning the beautiful, pure, unsullied animal world. She says, animals do not know sin. Animals are beautiful creatures. And one lady wrote to me, I am merely quoting. This is not necessarily the philosophy of the management, nor of your correspondent. Ellery Queen. And uh, he said, uh, as a matter of fact, this lady wrote to me and says, I want to tell you one thing. She says, I have a cat, and my cat never lies to me. My cat never is disloyal to me. My cat is so beautiful. Well, all right, honey, I'm not going to argue that. But, you know, that those criteria will apply to a lot of things, Tony. I have never yet had an end table lie to me. Nor have I had an end table ever run away. So I guess they can call them loyal, you know. And, uh, on the other hand, I've seen some fairly beautiful end tables, too. 
How sparkling flavor food, delicious food. I don't know logic. Of course, the people all, we know that the, the adults are well endowed with logic. I, I love to, whenever I think of the adult world, I think of these 42nd Street marquees, where it says, at last, the new smash Bulgarian adult orgy picture with sound, at last, uncut version. Now, Navshtnalaba. Translated, wowee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, adult pictures. Oh, uh, we've we got to move on here. We've got one more little ding-dong here for you. And uh, here's a fantastic... Can you imagine what would happen if, if uh, you know, you're, you're walking around out there and you're thinking, probably uh, already you're beginning to scratch, wondering what to give the old man for Christmas, you know. He's got everything. You know, he's got a couple of Mustangs and he's got a Camaro, you know, and he's got four girlfriends and the whole scene. What are you going to give him for Christmas, you know? Here's a suggestion, kid. Oh. Yes, yes, kid. This is the sound of a magnificent Baldwin organ. And just imagine how Daddy's eyes will light up on Christmas morning when you press a button and out of the floor comes this magnificent, this mag fantastic Baldwin theater organ with his name spelled out in sequins on the side. And just a few days later, he'll be playing with both hands, just like a grown-up. This is the Baldwin organ. And they'll have you playing Christmas carols in December if you begin right now. Choose from a wide selection of new, artist-used, and previously-owned home or that's rotten. Oh, you find people like that all over. Have you noticed how many guys are writing memoirs about the, their time with Kennedy? You notice all those different guys? And have you noticed, have you ever read any of them? I've read about five of them, and I notice one thing about them all. That the guy that's writing the book is always a good guy. And he's having trouble with all the dumb guys and the bad guys in government all the time. I've noticed that. <laughs> What's great is if you read two or three of these books and you discover that one guy thinks that the other guy who wrote the other book was one of the dumb guys. And it just goes on and on. Uh, but I'm not one of those people. I, am. I guess it's, it comes from basically uh, a background, lived too close to a swamp, and the fact that I had athlete's foot when I was four. I do not consider myself one of the pure. I really don't. I'm, I must concede... And uh, I know that I'd never make it in Joan Baez's circle. Not at all. Uh, I'm, I'm, and I just have to, not to say that I'm pro-war. I think I'm just not pure. Not at all. In fact, I'm one of those people you might call adulterated. I'm very much adulterated with all kinds of sin and other things. And I wish I could say I wasn't, but it's not true. Not true. And uh, I must admit that I was somehow responsible. What, what I used to do is every day I would come home from school and Schwartz would peel off and go to his house, and Bruno would peel off, go to his house, and I'd be coming down the alley by myself. And I could hardly wait to get to this place where this goose was because I would always take a stick, and I would run along the fence, and I'd have the stick, see, and I'd go, down this fence, you know, and the goose would go absolutely living, stark, purple-eyed ape. This goose would go out of its skull, and it would run along the fence and go, you know how they go, you know, quack, 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 shh, shh, and the wings would go like that, you know. And I, I, then, then I would get to the end of the fence, see, and the goose would stick his neck out, you know, look like a, a nut, and his, his beak would go, ah, 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 and his tongue would stick out. He's trying to get at me. And I would, I would look at him for a second, and then I would turn real quick like that. I would turn around, and I would run the other way. And the goose would run back and run into the garage, you know, at the other end. And he'd go screaming, yelling around. And, and about the time I was halfway through the second trip, the back door would open, and this old lady would start yelling, Leave my goose alone! 
you know, that kind of scene. And it's always a lone lady who likes to kill the fun. Because, you know, I, I now looking back on it, I think the goose looked forward to it as much as I did. You know, the goose uh, enjoyed combat because they're very combative creatures, geese and swans. Yeah, they like to fight. And uh, I gave them a little run every day. And so then I would run back the other way, and out I would go. Well, one day, I'm, you know, I'm, this goes on for maybe two or three, four, maybe five months, all through, all through the uh, fall and all through a good part of the winter and the ice. And this goose would wait then. I, could, I noticed that, that he would wait. I would come down the alley, and I would see his neck sticking out between the, you know, between the, the cracks in the fence. He'd look down there. Had these big red eyes, see, and he'd look and he'd wait for me, and and he would take a nip at my knee, you see, and just when I'm starting to get on my first run, <laughs> he'd take a nip at my knee. And it was great. Once in a while, he would get his neck caught in the fence, you know, ah, 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 and he'd try, you know, trying to pull his, you know, back out again, and I'd run up and down this thing. Well, it worked out pretty good. We we had a lot of fun, except one day I'll never forget the day that it happened. I'm you know I'm running along this fence with a stick and a bah, and it's going like mad. And that goose is running along on the other side of the fence. His mouth is hanging open. His eyeballs are flashing. You know, ah, he's, oh, boy, was he mad. And it was a cold day. I'll tell you something about geese. If you don't know about geese, when the weather gets cold, they really get on the stick. Uh, there's something about cold weather that makes a goose his glands work or something. They're really cold-weather creatures, you know. In the summertime, they sort of sit around and pant. But, boy, you give a goose a good, brisk, cold day with a lot of ice, and you just better watch out. He is on the he is on the muscle. And so he's running along on the other side of the fence. I'm running along on the other side of the fence. We're running along there, both of us, you know. And the ladies, I could hear the door slam open. She's yelling out the door, and I'm running along with a stick, and everything's going great. My knickers, it was one of those cold days, Tony. It was so cold that my knickers were stiff. You ever had those days? And, and don't think I'm just saying this uh, for... Uh, you know, just to, to add color, because it later played an important part in what transpired, these stiff knickers. And uh, I'm running along, the knickers are stiff, and I'm wearing I'm wearing a sheepskin coat. Now, you know the kind of coat, the sheepskin coat that's made out of uh, leatherette, and it's got this uh, imitation uh, wool collar, like a sheepskin collar on it, see? And, of course, you know what happens on a good cold day with those leatherette coats, stiff as a board. I mean, my arms are creaking and flapping, and I'm running along here with my overshoes on, which was bad enough anyway, because I always wore overshoes on the terrible duress. Uh, my mother literally had to, had to slug me into insensibility to put them on, you know, make me wear them. I would not wear them. And, uh, ever since that time, I've always lost overshoes. I've never kept them. I, I have a thing about them. And so I'm running along with the overshoes, clap, 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 and the stick is going, and my coat is creaking away, and my knickers are creaking, and the goose is going, his eyeballs. When we get to the end of the fence, I can't believe my eyes. That nutty old doll has left the gate open. Well, I go running past that open gate, and I see with this... Instantly, I said, I'm sunk! And this goose, because, boy, he was moving, and the goose couldn't believe it either. You know, he got to the end, <laughs> and there I was, you know. And for one instant, we hung there, see. Because we'd been chasing each other for five months, and it was back and forth. And suddenly it was open, wide smack open. And he stopped for a second. I stopped, and I took off down that alley. I'm going to tell you, if you've ever seen a bowling ball go down a bowling alley, I went down that I went down that alley like, you know, and that goose took out after me, screaming and yelling. And by this time, see, he is all excited now because he's been dreaming of this, you know, for months. And now he's got me, and he is running along behind me. Now, the thing about a goose... 
Now, I don't know whether you know anything about flying, but you see, the goose has terrific lift capabilities. I mean, he's got wings. So I am slogging along to the ice and the slush and the goo, and I have no lift at all. In fact, quite the opposite. I got about as much lift as a bulldozer, you know, and I'm flopping along through the alley, yelling and hollering, trying. And this old lady is hollering out the back. I can hear her disappearing in the distance, and that goose is. <laughs> and I hear the wings. The wings are going behind, and I am running like there's only one place I know to go home. I mean, get home fast. There's nothing but garage. You know, I'm running like mad. And that goose, and he chased me down the eight doors down the 